0: Aaron Rodgers' season is officially over, but yours has just begun with MyBookie. NFL College Ball, brand new cash-out system that gives you the best options to win all season long. You hit the first two legs of your parlay, guess what? You can cash out early, place another bet, or let it ride for a bigger payday. Join us the entire season at MyBookie.ag, or you can scan the QR code right next to me. The link is in the description of this video and or podcast, however you're watching or listening. But... Right now, MyBookie has a no-strings-attached cash bonus that lets you deposit and withdraw quick. Use promo code 49ERS49ERS on your first deposit of 50 or more, and you can receive up to $200 in cash instantly credited to your MyBookie account. That's 49ERS, that's the promo code, to claim your bonus now. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere, and I mean anywhere. You can bet anywhere. I've lived in California for eight years. Bet anywhere. I mean it. Head over there with
1: It's officially about to go down, it's bang bang week, it's Cowboys, it's 49ers, it's the one and only John Chapman and we're going to break it down as we preview this game. Stick around, we got the latest in 49ers news and more, welcome to the Wayne Breezy Show. It's the one and only Breezy and Chapman, and we back part two of the week. What's good, John? How is everything going on? That's how we say it over here.
0: This is the calm before the storm. The storm is coming. And I want to say I'm most pumped that Wayne's here. Wayne is here. And so with traveling, we always got it. It's never a safe bet with Wayne, but he has landed and we are pumped. (laughs) And we've got so many festivities. We got so many activities, right? Step Brothers reference. This is awesome. I'm so pumped about this week, my friend.
1: I love it, man. Shout out to the Breezy Bunch crew there in the building early. Peachy in the building early. Thanks for tuning in, Faithful. Make sure y'all smash that like button. You already know what time it is. Listen, leave a comment in the comment section. If you're new to the channel feel free to subscribe. Just click that button right there. And if you love what you love and you want to support the stream and you love what we do here, all right, go ahead and join the BB crew. All right, shout out to my man Boss, Big Daddy, Niners in the building, Uncle Scott in the building, Chrissy1687, Freestyle Friday in the building, Colin in the building, Jax in the building. Quest 4-6 in that's the building. Right wow, Miss Debbie, I'll see you later in the building. She's watching during physical therapy. Her physical therapist is like, who is this crazy mofo yeah. showdown around town? Mike Ng in the building. i see you Beto in the building. Shout out to everybody out there, man. Appreciate you. John, we got a dope show because it's <sighs> this is probably the most prominent show of the year until we get to the playoffs. I mean, maybe week 13 or We'll ring a bell as well, but I'm super excited about the Dallas Cowboys, about the 49ers, and if we got to give a little bit of nostalgia about these two franchises, what's the first thing that comes to John
0: Chapman's mind? Man, I go back to, and I truly do believe, I posted this on Twitter earlier this morning, I believe this is the greatest rivalry in the NFL. Now, I'm biased for sure, but you cannot tell me, you're talking about the first two teams to get five Lombardies. you're talking about the Two teams with the most championship appearances. You're talking about, like, these teams are 19, 19, and 1. Straight down the middle. The catch? Are you kidding me? The 1994 game. There are just so many memories. No matter what side of this rivalry you are on, and there's a reason why this is the most expensive ticket in the entire NFL this year um which stinks because we're going to the game <laughs> we got to buy these tickets but also thankful that we matter you know what i mean like this yeah. game matters all eyes on us and so i'm so pumped about this man
1: yeah i i can't be even more pumped you know uh, a lot of people are, are trying to figure out like if my mom was a cowboys fan how did i become a niners fan and so like listen i keep telling the story and it's maybe it's unclear but my mom i love my mother You know, she's the greatest. That comes
0: across every time I've heard this story. By the way, yeah,
1: but but there was there was things I didn't like about my mom, right? And I think we all have that growing up. And one of the things I didn't like about my mother was that she represented that silver and blue and whatever other colors they choose to wear. I just didn't like the cowboys. It was something about the colors of red and gold. I'm a colors guy. It was something about the way it popped off on the TV screen, old, what do we call that? Uh, analog screen yeah. back in the 80s. It just popped to me. Not only did it pop, I got to watch guys like Ronnie Lopp actually pop. I got to watch guys like Jerry Rice pop. So those were the, the players that I kind of gravitated towards. Uh, and, and that's how I became a Niners fan uh, over my mom being a Cowboys fan. That let me know that, My mom wasn't going to influence me on everything in life. Shout out to my mother because she's the greatest person of all time. But when it came to sports and football, it was just a big no, I'm not following my mom here. I'm going to go the opposite way, John. I hope that it's oh. advice for everybody out there.
0: No, I like it because, you know, we, we're all interested in origin stories. And we saw, like, the bit about Brock Purdy, why he wears 13, and Dan Marino. That was cool. Like, we buy into that stuff. We have the pictures of, you know, Tom Brady and, you know, these guys wearing Niner stuff when they're kids. It matters. It matters. And so when we build the story, I feel like this is what makes us more personable. And, you know, yeah. Quick off topic, but I think that this is important. Half the emails and DMs I get is, did you see somebody from ESPN or NFL Network or Fox or whatever say this stupid-ass comment that made no sense? And you get all these takes on national media from people that don't even watch the games and don't even care about football, but they're just getting paid with hot takes and whatever else. I think this is what makes people, I don't know, invested in Wayne because you bring so much texture in real-life heat and energy and emotion to this you know what i'm talking about so i wanted that to be shared because this is what separates you and i from so many other people and i I think that's why people are here is because we're not up here saying stuff just to say stuff we're here because we're fans you flew across the damn country on your own dime to try to help bring the community together and i think it all goes back to that story of the red and gold man little wayne breezy watching tv saying those colors are badass
1: (laughs) and like i said i love my mom to death i told you she hit me with the the weird hey mom going out you know to california this weekend you you, you got any words and and i'm not going to repeat her words on national international tv but she's clearly hoping that I'm okay, but she's definitely rooting for her Cowboys. Like she, she said it in a way to where, let me not start nothing. So she can give me a few dollars for gas money. Yeah.
0: You got to You got to like, all right, which side of this line am I going on right now? That's just the way it goes.
1: (laughs) And, and I love, like I said, I love my mom. She's the best thing ever. Uh, speaking of that, listen, I wanted to go through, uh, what I did this week. So every week, John, I do the Madden simulation. And right now, uh, my 49ers mad and they're currently three and two they faced the cowboys on last night uh if you didn't get a chance to watch the video we'll post the video link in the uh right here in the description of the show as well as in the link so you could guys go ahead and watch it but here's the outcome but i tell you what john this was a tough mother freaking joint to sit through john i mean i was sitting there going through this it ended 48 38 um, that's a
0: lot of points
1: that's a lot of i can can we add that that's a six to take the uh the one that's 86, 86 I believe. points good yes. gosh i was trying to do math the old <laughs> arithmetic way um but it was it was a lot of points it was definitely an offensive battle uh amory thomas got burnt not one not two not three h- four times he got burnt for like deep plays down the field Uh, So it's it's, realistic
0: is what you're saying. Very realistic. (laughs) I'm sorry. I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it.
1: Nope. Because people think I'm going to stick up for Ambry all the time. If you watch the stream, he literally got cursed out in in the nicest way. I kept saying, I don't know why Ambry Thomas is in this game. I can't figure out why he's still in this game. Like, why is he still in this game? That was my take. Uh, But listen, the Niners did prevail. Now, they did start off in a 10-point deficit. The defense did clamp down. And the Niners found a way to kind of coast. It was kind of playing more prevent style of football where they had a 20 something point lead going into the fourth quarter. And then they allowed Dallas to kind of like close out, uh, you know, with the 10. Let's talk about this matchup just really quickly from a points perspective, because you said, wow, that's a lot of points. It's a lot. Three and a half favorites versus the cowboys. We'll break this game down a little bit later, but just from a points perspective, John Chapman, where are we going with this? Like they're giving us three and a half points. So if I'm I'm new to the point system and how it works, so technically we're favored a half a point because we're given three points being a home team.
0: Yeah, so exactly correct. So this is a close game. The over-under is at 45 points total. Um, and if you look at the last two games the Niners have played, the Cowboys in the playoffs, yeah, last year they scored 31 points total the year before that they scored 40 points total the over-under this year is set to 45. So if, if you just look at the point spread and you look at the over-under Vegas is saying, this is going to be a 24 21 49ers victory. That's mm. basically what they're saying. Like if you're looking at what Vegas is thinking now, will the defense come out and mess with these quarterbacks? Like we've seen the past two times they've met the past two years or Because I think both offenses are actually better. Will the offenses finally get the day? And so these are the types of questions. You know, I know we're going to talk about depth, but the Cowboys, you know, one of the biggest things for them. If I was a Cowboys fan, here's what I'm hanging my hat on. For the first time since 2021, the Cowboys will have all five intended starters on their offensive line. They're coming in feeling very, very confident about what they can do offensively. So we're going to see. We're going to see. It's going to be a lot of fun.
1: It's going to be interesting because the Niners seem like on offense, they're they're able to put up their points. They get to a certain status. They get to that 30. I would t- you know what? They get to that 24, 20-something point status, and then they find a way to get one more drive, click it, hit the 30 mark. Um, when you look at the Cowboys, they look a little bit different offensively. They look more methodical. They look like they're trying to play 49ers style football. The 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 underneath routes, the dink and dunks. I don't have bells. I don't have whistles today, but you got them. You just point.
0: But look, that's I wrote. I wrote that same damn thing in my notes. The exact same thing. I called them a 49ers light offense, and with Mike McCarthy, West Coast style guy. Remember, he's back with us in 2005. Everything they want to do is high efficiency, check down, dink and dunk, break tackles, try to sustain drives. It's 49ers light. It, well said, Wayne. Perfect. But do uh, the question is, I just I know the
1: Cowboys are three and one, but are they built that way against a top-tier defense?
0: That that's what we're gonna have to see. Um they've struggled against the Niners defense, make no mistake about it. Now, last year you had the Tony Pollard injury, and that definitely played into the third Absolutely. quarter and on, no doubt about that. But we had injuries on ourselves as well. I just I think it always comes down to Dak Prescott, the quarterback's always in the NFL. Dak Prescott, is this going to be a pressure game, not pressure like defensive line hitting him in the face? Can Dak finally handle a situation where there's a lot of, you know, pressure and intense, you know, whatever? Can he hang in there in that moment? We've never seen that with him. We've already seen it from Brock way more than we have in Dak's eight-year career. So does this game constitute, because it's prime time, but it is only a week five game. Does this game constitute a high pressure, high intense situation for Dak? And if so, if Dak goes out there, plays calm, cool, collected, they have every right to be able to win this game. Do I think the Niners are better? I do. But every time we beat Dak, it's because that dude folds under pressure. It's because their head coach folds under pressure. And so... That seems to be the M.O. That's what I'm looking for to continue in this. I do have the Niners winning this game, Um, and I do think the Niners have the better coaching staff. I think that they have the better roster. I really, really do. There are some areas the Cowboys have an advantage, but this game could go either way. There's no doubt about it. If the Cowboys won this game, I would not be shocked because they're that good, even though I expect, just as Vegas does, the Niners to come out with the victory.
1: Yeah. Um, Let's talk about some of the stuff that's going on with the 49ers. Obviously, in the news, we'll talk about that. We got a couple of reports we want to talk about. We want to go over some injuries. But let's talk about Christian McCaffrey. I mean, listen, this, this dude, is his face is all over the NFL. His face is all over the TV. His face is all over commercials now. Christian McCaffrey is doing the dang thing. Um, How important was it for Christian McCaffrey to start like this system at the very beginning of a season opposed to just being injected into the system uh, at the middle of the season.
0: Yeah. You got to, there's to get these like awards uh, that he's, he's won NFC player of the week, three out of four times. He's won NFC player of the month for September. Like he's checking all the boxes. He's eighth in MVP odds. He's got the name recognition. He's got the stats. He's got the touchdowns. He's got everything, and it's just going to continue. I think so much of this game is going to go through CMC, and that is just exciting to me. Um, very, very exciting to me. So, the CMC's train's not stopping this week.
1: I love that you said that. You know, I was on the show with Boss Cowboy, uh, his show for the Cowboys Nation, and you know, he took pride because he felt like that the Cowboys last year in the divisional round of the playoffs. They stopped CMC, right? They didn't allow him to get the explosive runs, the hundred yards, the 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 way you're seeing him now. uh But he did score, which is my which was my point. I mean, you stopped him far as a product production production wise, but you couldn't keep his ass out of the end zone, so you couldn't really say anything about that, like right. But Dallas takes pride; they feel like they're the aggressive team. Blah 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 blah. Whatever, whatever, whatever. They still lost the game. But, you know, when I sit there and I think about it, like how productive is he going to be able to be against this defensive front? It's a little bit different. Uh, They seem a little bit more locked in. I feel like they overplay a lot. They're going to play fast. They're going to play furious. Kind of reminds you again of the Niners defense. Uh, You talked about them having edges in certain areas. Maybe the secondary is an area that you feel like they may have an edge or they at least had an edge, but maybe they don't. Now, I don't know how you Deal. But let's talk about that um as we continue to big up our guy, Christian McCaffrey. How are they gonna stop this guy? Because this dude is running all over the league. He's he's the most, he's the best running back in the league, the most rushing yards, the most touchdowns. Like, how are you stopping Christian McCaffrey?
0: I, I I'm not sure you can. You look you talk about like keeping McCaffrey low. He only had 10 rush attempts last year against the Cowboys in the playoffs. Elijah Mitchell had 14. Elijah Mitchell ain't playing in this game. And if you think Kyle Shanahan's going to rely on Jordan Mason that much, I think Mason might get four to six carries like what we saw last week. Christian McCaffrey's getting way more than 10 carries. I don't care if he has a one-yard average. Uh, McCaffrey's going to get the McCarries. That should be the name. Bro. That should be the name. He's going to get so many touches. I would not be shocked if Christian McCaffrey has 18 rush attempts with eight receptions against Lake Van Der Esch. Like I think this is going to be... You flex on them, you lean on them, and I think that's what's coming.
1: What's going on, Alberta? What's going on, Maui? I see you guys out there. Hey, John, let's talk about uh, on the defensive side. Let's flip it. Eric Armstead uh, is Week Five NFL PA's Community MVP. It's the third he's time amazing. he's won this award. Uh, this guy's a stand-up guy in the community. I'm hoping this year he actually wins the Walter Payton Award uh, for the NFL honors. Let's talk about Eric Armstead. Let's talk about his production uh, with the team. Let's talk about why Mr. Armstead, because I feel like he's de- he deserves the t- Title, mister. Now, because that's he's the vet. Why is he the blueprint of the 49ers defense?
0: Well, you're talking about these two teams that are diametrically opposed whenever it comes to how they build their rosters. Like, if you've been arrested, Jerry Jones loves you because he feels like he can trust you because you are so similar because he's such a terrible human being. Eric Armstead, on the other side, This dude, three-time Walter Payton uh, Man of the Year nominee, going to be his fourth. And I love that they nominated him this week because guess what he's done against the Cowboys? And I think this is something, when they play Dallas, this dude just heats up. And last year, he was incredible. Um, He led the team in pressures. He had three tackles the year before against Dallas. He had a sack. He had a tackle for loss. He had three quarterback hits. This dude shows up against the Cowboys. He shows up against the Cowboys. So this is another one of those guys that's just, you know, where does Eric Armstead fit on high impact players for the for the 49ers? I don't think he's top five or top six there we go (laughs) armstead better tackle Dak this time no hugs in the end zone go ahead finish your point because we're going to come back to this yes yeah yeah and so eric armstead he's just one of those guys if you're going to pay so much attention to hargrave which i think they will
2: this is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer he hears things differently to the untrained ear everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
0: Eric Armstead is going to continue to be impact player Because he just does so many unsung things. And we see it in the community. We see it every single week. Week in, week out. This dude is exact. The non-flashy nature. Yes, sir. That's who the 49ers are. Now, we've got some flash guys. But we're nothing like the Cowboys. We're nothing like the Cowboys. And so... Eric Armstead is the antithesis to who Jerry Jones is as a team builder, human being, whatever else, and I'm all for it. I will stand with Eric Armstead, and anybody that talks trash against AA is just an absolute moron that doesn't understand football. And I, I'm just I'm constantly banging that bill.
1: I agree with you. Listen, this is a game where I feel like Eric Armstead knows this uh offensive line. He knows it very well. He knows how to get into the backfield. The the best part is he knows how to contain and stop the run, whether it's Dak, whether it's a running back. This is where Armstead is going to be able to be more of himself, especially because you know the attention is going to go toward Bosa, it's going to go toward Hargrave. They're going to have to pick and choose. Dallas does have a solid offensive line. Not trying to take that away from them, but this is a game where I can see Eric Armstead being that blueprint, being the the anchor of the defense and making certain plays. And Rob D brought up this uh, uh comment. He says, Listen, Armstead better tackle deck this time, no hugs in the end zone. Yeah, this is a, a regular season game for me, John. This is not going to hurt your chances getting to into the playoffs like the other time, ta- like the other uh sack would have been or the safety would have been. Uh, And so what are your thoughts about this? I feel like Armstead better do whatever he needs to do to make sure Dak doesn't get up off that ground.
0: Yeah, that would have ended the game at that point. But all right, let's do a little silver linings here. We
1: could do it. We could do it.
0: Because if if, if he did that, we would have never got the gold of Ezekiel Elliott playing center, getting blown up his last play for the Cowboys. Okay, that was just it was poetic, man. It was poetic. Okay. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm all right with it.
1: No, no, no. And you're and you're right, right? Like we wouldn't have gotten that play, but man, I'd rather take in the sack and yeah. possibly a flag. That's just me. I just, I just, I don't know. I wanna like I'm an old school football guy. I wanna pull the limbs off of the players and then they don't get up. Like, literally, that's football. That's gridiron to me. I'm old school with it. Now listen, uh Armstead is tied for fourth with uh pressures on this 49ers defense, uh tied with Drake Jackson. Again, I feel like he's fitting this role, and I'm going to be honest with you. Let me see how many total snaps Armstead has cuz he does rotate a lot. Cuz Javon Kinlaw is having an amazing freaking season.
0: He is, he really really is. And <laughs> I and I'll say this too, you know, I I I don't think this is where you were wanting to go, but like I Man, Drake Jackson coming off week one was incredible. I thought maybe his worst game of his young career was last week. I didn't like it at all. I thought he was terrible. So I want to see how he rebounds against elite players. He's going to be going against Tyron Smith. Yeah, I want to see what he's going to do because that's why you drafted him. And I love Drake Jackson. And so I always watch 9-5 when he's out there. And man, he did not get double teamed really one time, and he was just owned one on one. So I want to see what nine-five is going to bring this game. I really, really hope that he shows up.
1: I agree with you, John. You know what? I think one of the issues for me with Drake is he's not getting you're you're asking him to take advantage of the opportunities that he's getting, and absolutely that's what we want for all of our players out there. I think Drake Jackson needs to start over Cleveland Farrell. I think I'm at the point where he needs that type of rep to where he's getting the reps. He can figure out his techniques. He can figure out how to get stronger. When he's just a rotational piece, I just feel like there's plays where he just doesn't know how to attack this particular type of lineman or this particular type of lineman or what move to use here or what move to use here. One thing I know, he might have had a high badass game, but he had a hell of a motherfucking tip to break up a screenplay that would have went for twenty, maybe even thirty plus yards. So he has this instinct on how to back it flashes. Yes, it flashes. So do do you feel like maybe he just needs more reps or? Is just something to his skill
0: set. I'm not sure how to handle it because, uh, you know, you talk Cleveland Farrell. Oh, what's up, Felicia? That's In the building.
1: building. Wah, 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 wah. Oh, New YouTube member. Effects. Absolutely
0: I love, love it. it. Nothing makes me happier than seeing people support Wayne. That is what's up, man. That Thank is incredible. You. Thank you, Felicia. You're incredible. Hey, but, like, okay, Cleveland Farrell, he played terrible too. So, and like, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be like. It's it's not like Farrell was awesome and Drake was was awful. No, no, no. They both were bad. And that 99-yard touchdown drive, it was bad play Jackson, bad play Farrell, bad play Jackson, and then, you know, other issues. But, like, John, how much of that, though, do you
1: have to put on the defensive coordinator for just having the wrong possibly set of guys out there on the football field, which I saw multiple times
0: on film? here's what I'm saying: if you're a defensive end in the NFL yes. and you are only getting one-on-one matchups, you gotta win. You gotta win. win. You, gotta, you win. gotta win some. You gotta and win. so th- that's my biggest issue. And so you cannot allow them to put three guys on Bosa and two on Hargrave, and you constantly go one on one and not win those reps and not affect the quarterback. So th- we've seen that he can do it. Look at week one. Since I- then. Mm. We'll see. And I hope he comes back because the Niners need that guy. But I walked away after watching the film last week saying, man, if I'm training for a position, it's back to defensive end is the number one position of need. It uh, is. But we'll see. It is.
1: But it, it, it always has been because it's Nick Bosa way up there, right? Yep. Who doesn't look like the, the sack monster that he used to be. And that's partly because of scheme from the offensive side. Do You think the scheme is affecting the rest? Or are we just not as talented as we were with Samson Ebukam, as with no, uh, Charles? You're more
0: talented now, and right. we're more talented. Well, why now?
1: can't these guys seem to?
0: Hey, every single team that plays us get the damn ball out quick. Check down, plan. check down, check down. And you watch teams like the Giants; they have one game plan against us. Then they go play the Seattle Seahawks. They're holding the ball for four seconds, and so you know the game plan that they install is. You cannot hold the ball against the 49ers. And guess what Dak does? Dak doesn't hold the ball. 2.2 seconds. Gets the ball out quick. So it's going to be more of the same.
1: Let's talk about the 49ers injury report real quick, John. You got Elijah Mitchell with the knee injury. He did not practice, hasn't practiced since last last week. So that's like two weeks ago, basically. Elijah Mitchell is not looking good uh, to go. I, I won't be
0: shocked if he doesn't play this week or next week.
1: I won't be shocked if Elijah Mitchell is traded, and here's why. This is the guy that I've had on my trade block for a long time. And the people will probably – I don't want him traded, but I think now it's starting to speak or resonate to why he's going to be traded. Listen, I don't know what the knee injury is for Elijah Mitchell. All I know is he was out there at the WWE having a good damn time with a knee injury. Now, I know if I call out of work or if I can't play – I'm not going to show up to where, let's say I was in a car accident. God forbid I never get in a car accident, but you know where I'm going with this. Matter of fact, I'll give you a better story. I remember in in 1999, I was at the University of Connecticut because that's where I went to school, and I was in a car accident, right? But my beat-up self with the sling and, and whatever I had on... I showed up to that pavilion for the championship game, and I was gonna celebrate. I didn't care about no pain, and people kept saying, "Breeze, you gotta be careful." There be people out here taking pictures. You might not get no money. So I'm just saying, you can't go out having a good time if you're. But injured. you went.
0: Was that Okafor? Was that Okafor that, days?
1: That was Rip Hamilton. That oh. was uh, Antonio Freeman, Khalil Alameen. I shouldn't ask him. I shouldn't ask him. Nah. But my point. My point is. <laughs> My point is I jeopardized me possibly, you know, messing up the the settlement money. But here's the thing. I just feel like Elijah Mitchell, is he really injured? Is this a business move from the from the 49ers? Are they looking to stash him? Are they looking to move him? What do you think, John?
0: I think Kyle Shanahan likes Elijah Mitchell more than any other person in the world. Okay. Um not more so- than Debo.
1: Not more than Debo
0: that right. I'm saying like of all the people that like Elijah Mitchell, this is not a shot at Elijah Mitchell. I'm just saying Shanahan loves that dude. I I mean, shoot. We had Elijah Mitchell out at our draft party. It was one of the coolest things ever, man. It was great guy. I'm an Elijah Mitchell fan. Hands down. Having said that he can't stay healthy. How do you trade somebody that's not, you got injured in practice, you know, stuff happens. The Niners practice harder than everybody. These things are going to happen, but it seems like it always happens to him. And so I don't know, man. Um, the fact that, and I get so many messages saying, "Oh, we got to cut this guy. Let's move on. He's free. He is free. F R E free. He costs nothing against the salary cap. I, I spelled it right. Trust me. I'm from the south. We got this. Understood. Um, That's you Fred. just hold that e. You just I- hold that e. <laughs> You saw my
1: eyes go up with my glasses did. on? Okay, I did. I just did. making sure.
0: The funny thing, like I misspell things all the time on purpose, and people like reach out and like, hey, dude, that's not how you spell that well, word. I didn't I'm like, wanna, oh, thank I you. I didn't
1: want to correct you, but the teacher oh. in me was going to say. Um, correct uh, away. No, not at all because you did it yourself. <laughs> it's point on point always.
0: <laughs> F-R-E free. He costs nothing against the salary cap. He's not a top 51 player. Will not be this year. Will not be next year. So you could trade him. You're not going to cut the dude. You're not going to cut the dude. Do
1: you and I I never said cut. That wasn't, I wasn't. He's not, he doesn't give me Trey Sermon vibes or, uh, what's the the wide receiver? Um, uh, tried out for the Patriots. Well, went to the Patriots and quit, retired the next day. Oh, Uh, ah, I can't think of his name. Oh, wide receiver, running back, wide receiver. Uh, didn't he go to Tennessee?
0: Um, oh, Jalen Hurd.
1: Jalen Hurd. Okay. So
0: I tried to bury that name deep into the psyche so that it wouldn't come out because I was a big Jalen Hurd guy. There we go. We even got in the chat. Thank you,
1: Bruno. Appreciate you, brother. Uh, Yeah. So it's not like he's giving off those type of vibes. I just think this is a business move on both sides. Now, there's a possibility that the Niners are looking to move him because they might feel that they can get value for him. We've seen players like kind of take an injury and then kind of get shifted on out. You know, you know, kind of moved out before the trade deadline. I don't so, see a cut, but there's yeah. a possibility that that could happen, right? He's
0: now. got to pass pass a physical to get traded. Correct. Are there teams that would like to have Elijah Mitchell on their team? Yes. The question comes down to: Okay, what would you take, Wayne? If somebody offered a six round pick for Elijah Mitchell, would you take it? No. Fifth? Let's let's keep talking um, because how's that dude going to pull more than a fifth whenever with the injuries? Yeah, that's that's yeah. difficult, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Shadahead, I feel like, is like, dude, we're just gonna put this dude on ice and we're just gonna run with Mason and T D P who got is no staff healthy? last week because yeah. they're healthy, and we'll just break glass in case of emergency with Elijah Mitchell, unless Mike McDaniels wants to come out and offer us a fifth like he did last year for Jeff Wilson, which was you fleece those dudes, fleeced them. So we'll see. I I think he's gonna stick around. I would love to trade him because I think it'd be good for him. And but we have so many picks next year. What are we at? Twelve? 12, 12? 12, 12,
1: 12, yeah, picks, 12, 12 picks, uh, that's 49ers a news. They signed, uh, offensive lineman ill Manning and running back. Jeremy, Jeremy Nichols Manning. to the team's practice squad. They released Jack Coletto and defensive lineman Marlon Davidson. Yeah. yeah.
0: I, I think that one's interesting Yeah, you know, from the reason why you lost Marlon Davidson. The defensive tackles all have showed out. They're all healthy. So that's not a concern. You look at. Running backs, we're talking to Elijah Mitchell. Get somebody that knows the system. Yeah. So you bring in him. I hate Jack Coletto's gone. I hate that Jack Coletto's gone. I hate that Jack Coletto's gone. But Ill Manning, always go with the offensive line. We should not have lost him in the first place, but glad to have him back. And they're playing him at guard. They're not even going to let him play tackle, which he was amazing at.
1: Good, good. Now, the injury to John Feliciano. I have been wanting to ask this question. I kind of brought it up earlier this week on the show. If he's in the no go because he's in the concussion protocol, do the 49ers make active Nick Zakel or or do they call up an ill manning onto this the active roster? Because can't you keep an extra offensive lineman?
0: Well, yeah, the rules are like when you promote him up, you have to have like a certain number. Yes. And so usually you get to bring up two. So Nick Sakel's on the 53-man roster. Right, He's just a healthy scratch everywhere. Healthy scratch, correct. So, yeah, I think you would promote Ill Manning, and you'd have Nick Sakel so that you got those backup options there. Um, I think that's probably the way they're going to go. John Falenciano is the backup for everybody. What's up, Rick Diaz? Glad to see you, man. Um, Yeah, that's what I would do is because you've got to make sure the interior offensive line is going to be good. So you promote both those guys. I think you're good. Now that Debo and Ayuk are healthy, you don't have to. The Juwan Jennings makes it a little rough because you might need to promote a wide receiver too. Let's, I mean,
1: if you promote a wide receiver, but it would it would be Willie Sneed.
0: Willie Sneed for what he did. Yeah. Outside wide receiver, Chris Conley, inside Willie Sneed. Yeah. I think they like the blocking. The blocking I saw
1: from Willie Sneed was bar none. He's, he's the best so blocking. Did you know he's the best graded blocking wide receiver on the team right now?
0: He fits this team and we are lucky that we're able to stash that dude on the practice squad. It's really unfair. He should be on the active roster. But if you do that, who you take it off, you know what I'm saying? Like this is the NFL that we're in. And so, uh, Willie Steed, that's a luxury that the Niners, I can't believe that they're able to afford. I just can't, I don't understand that.
1: What's up, Tyler. He says, I have a question. Why do we trade Mitchell for Jonathan Taylor or Kyle Pitts? Uh, I'll, I'll let him – you you can take this. Uh.
0: That's a lot, a lot of money, and it would take a lot, lot more. So if you were going after Jonathan Taylor, one, you got to pay him Christian McCaffrey money. Um, I mean, he's getting, I think, $11 million this year. And then, you know, I In mean, the end is expiring contract. Yeah. So you'd take Elijah Mitchell and probably a second rounder. They said they want what Christian McCaffrey got as far as trade compensation. So you Elijah Mitchell, a second, a third, might get that done. That's too much money. I don't want that contract. With us, Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts has been terrible, and because he was a top five pick, he's getting paid a lot of money. Yeah, I'd like to have Kyle Pitts, but how much? Was, much
1: I wonder how much money though. John is left like on his contract, like because it is
0: a rookie deal. It's a so, rookie
1: deal. So, like, I'm curious. Like, and I wouldn't mind that because, but do we have that? I can tell in, you
0: in just a second.
1: Do we have that in a Braden Willis? Can Braden Willis turn into what Kyle Pitts was? In college, and I feel they like really do like they him. really, they really like Braden Willis as much as I would love Kyle Pitts. He's done nothing in the NFL to show me he could play in the NFL.
0: Yeah, his first season was incredible. Then after that, it was like nothing. So if we traded for him, it would cost us 3.6 million this year. That's doable. Um, is he as physical as we want? No. So if you got Pitts, do you slide him in the Kittle role where he's running more routes and then Kittle's blocking more? I'm not sure I want that either. There's nothing that Kyle Pitts does that's better than Kittle. Uh, does Kyle Pitts, he not not play the same position as Charlie Warner, who I thought has been awesome blocking this year. But the dynamic pass catching, I think that's what people want. So what would it take? Uh, a second round pick and Elijah Mitchell, they're loaded at running backs. They don't want Mitchell. Uh, Falcons have like. Three yeah. stud running backs, so Studs, bro. they don't want him. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting. The money would be hard next year. His cap hit, um, is 10.4 million, which the 49ers would have to pay. That would be hard. Yeah, that's, that's Brandon I. use money. Yeah, that's what they
1: were gonna have to pay Trey Lance mm-hmm. too, and they moved on from it.
0: Yep, because he went three four, exactly.
1: Interesting. So, Mosquito Killer, that's why I'm saying Mitchell and a pick for a defensive end, but. Who are we like if there was a defensive end out there that you can kind of get
0: other other than a Brian Burns that's that's an outlier. Like who would you have to try to go for? You've got to look at teams that are out of the playoffs and already in rebuild mold, mode. Which there's only one 0 and four team out there, which is Carolina, and I'm not quite so sure they want to trade their defensive end Brian Burns, who everybody talks about. That is a foundational building block for an NFL team, and he is still young. Yes. So and I think that would take. Elijah Mitchell, two first-rounders, and a third to get that dude. And then you're going to pay him pretty close to $18 million a year on top of that. I just don't think that's feasible. I would love to have that. But I don't know. I want to keep some of these first-round picks, and I think they're going to need it to balance out this roster financially. Financially,
1: yeah. A lot of people are forgetting about that part. We are kind of like top end heavy on these contracts. We definitely want to pay Brandon Ayuk. Uh, next year, you got you want to pay Talanoa Hufunga. That's where that $41 million is coming in, might come into a play. So we'll see how that pans out. Appreciate the questions out there, guys. Make sure you hit that like button. Don't forget, John, let's take a quick pause because we got some things going on this weekend. Listen, if you're going to be tomorrow in the San Jose area... All right. I'm shooting a music video for faithful to the Bay. Not only will I be there, you'll get to meet the great John Chapman because he'll be in attendance. All right. And so he's going to have his little cameo. I'm hoping I could get him to sing on the camera. That well, you is don't the,
0: want that. You that don't is want the that.
1: goal. Cause all he has to do is <laughs> Milly vanille the joint. So let's oh. see if John. hey John,
0: on the the, rain.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Hey John, <laughs> let's do a contest tomorrow. Like the person that can, can memorize my verse and sing it word for word will win a prize.
0: I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that.
1: Let's do it. Let's do it. Listen, tomorrow, October 7th, 9 a.m., 12 p.m., 2206 Business Circle, San Jose, California, at the Debo Samuel Mirror. Listen, the RSVPs are pretty much filled up. We may have a couple of slots left. Go to www.twben.com backslash RSVP so you can reserve a space on my list, so that you can get a free rally towel. If not, you got to pay $10 for them. That's how much they cost. All right. So, guys, go ahead and do that. uh And I hope to see you guys there and support. Come decked out and your most memorable faithful to the Bay guy. I want y'all to come representing. We want to put this video and this song on the map. And I need your help, John. On Sunday,
0: yes, sir. Yes,
1: sir. We, we tailgating and I'm eating barbecue chicken, baby. Let's go, John. Tell us about the tailgate on Sunday.
0: Yeah, super excited about this. We're going to be in Blue Lot, um right up against the Democracy Way exit right in the middle there. Um go to 49ersrushroadtrip.com. You can get your tickets there. We've got TVs with Red Zone so we can watch the later afternoon games. We've got raffles, we've got trivia, we've got games. Kids get in for free with the ticketed adult. We've got competitions for the kids. We want to turn we want to create lifelong fans. I'm bringing my son, he's 15 years old. I know Nick's bringing his family. It's going to be incredible. We're going to have a great time. We're going to have barbecue chicken. We're going to have hot dogs. We're going to have all kinds of stuff for the kiddos. It's going to be great. Unlimited drinks, premium liquor, margaritas, beer, seltzers, whatever you want. We got it.
1: I can't wait to eat. (laughs) I can't wait to eat. Guys, go to 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. Make sure you go ahead and get that. I think the early bird stuff is gone, so he's been promoting it all week. And so you snooze, you definitely lose their So if you want to
0: come to future events, tickets are as cheap as they're going to be for future events in order to buy all the supplies and all that stuff. And it's just so much when we get those ticket numbers to make sure we have enough for everyone. We've never run out of food. We've never run out of drinks at an event. And I want to keep that going. So whenever I buy everything and get everything checked up, we raise the prices to make sure that I can offset Everybody gets a great experience. I'm not trying to sell 300 tickets to these. I want people to have an intimate experience, build a community. Can't do that if we have 300-plus people out there. Sorry, we we are a cottage industry um, whenever it comes to uh, the the 49ers rush tailgate at home.
1: Love it. Love it. Love it. John, I want to talk about the depth on these teams. Um, I know you got an overview. John, break down the 49ers roster. Let's do a comparison position by position group. I want to know from you, where do the 49ers have the edge? We see this all the time uh, on the internet, but I want to do it live right here on the show. So, John, I'm curious to know, how are you breaking down these two teams? Let's go quarterback for quarterback, and then I want to talk about the depth. And do the Niners have more talent in the depth department? Because that could be a key factor to why the Niners are victorious on Sunday.
0: Yeah, and so if we start at quarterbacks, this is one of the closer ones. Uh, You've got Dak, Cooper Rush, Trey Lance, right, who we traded. Uh, Brock Purdy, Sam Darnold, Brandon Allen. I gave the nod here to the Cowboys. I actually like Cooper Rush. Obviously, I like Trey Lance. Uh, Just the depth-wise, I'd feel more confident with those guys than Sam Darnold and Brandon Allen. Not that I think that Sam Darnold's trash or anything like that, but whenever we go through this list, you're going to find out Niners have a lot of advantages. This one I thought was close. I tipped the scales just on experience-wise to the Cowboys. I thought it'd make more sense. So if we're comparing Dak and Brock, though, that one I'm going Brock 100%. But
1: what's the scale? Like, I'm curious to know. Like, uh, you gave the room to, to the Cowboys. I did. I did. Not mad at you. That's why I thought Trey Lance here gave us a better quarterback room, the best quarterback room in the league. But he's gone. And I'm not saying Trey Lance tips the scale for the Dallas Cowboys.
0: No, that's all I'm saying either. I, I think the experience-wise, I do like Cooper Rush as a backup. I think that he is he's decent. Um, and now, if we're going Brock versus Dak, I would take Brock all day. Dak is taller. Dak is faster. Dak is bigger. He throws the ball further. More all experience. those things. More experience. However, guess what's funny? One's played 11 games. One's played eight years. Same amount of playoff wins. Yeah. Like, I, I do not trust Dak. It's Dak Cousins. That's who he is. I don't trust that dude in primetime games.
1: I think the thing for me that sticks out and has nothing to do with football, it's just the damn moxie of the player. Yeah. Right? Brock just has the it. He's just it. He's cool, calm, and collected. Dak is trying to become it. Brock is already it and Dak is trying to become it. Now, I'm not saying Brock is the greatest quarterback of all time, but if you look at the way he plays football, whether it's a misthrow, interception, which he hasn't thrown any yet, whether it's an overthrow, whether it's – what it doesn't matter what it is. He plays the same football. exact way on each and every play. Shakes it off, gets up, comes back out there, does it again.
0: That's Dak can't get through a press conference without getting flustered. All righty then. I like it. Let's go to the next
1: room, John. Let's go to the running backs because that's where my dear heart – Lies that's the position I play. Running back and linebackers, you could tell these are my favorite players and positions on the on the field. Uh Cowboys Niners.
0: Uh it's not close. And it's that's close. even with Elijah Mitchell out. The 49ers still have this. Uh Jordan Mason is better than any number two they have. TDP, I would take over any number two they have. You throw in Kyle Juszczyk, that just makes it weird. Debo being back there. I, I this is not even close. If Elijah Mitchell was playing, that that'd be a whole nother thing. But running backs, it's not close here for me.
1: Yeah, it's easy, easy sweep. So that's uh cowboys quarterbacks, niners, running backs. I like this. Let's go to the wide receivers because you know what we have here. We have the battle of the 2020 draft first round picks. CD Lamb 17, Brandon Ayuk 25. I like
0: this. Who has that better wide receiving room? If it's starters with Juwan Jennings banged up, I'd go Cowboys. Um, but even then, it's like pretty damn close. And I, we argued this in the offseason, Wayne. Yes, you, you remember? Did. I do. If we're going full wide receiver room, I'm going Niners because I would take Ronnie Bell and the Ray Ray McLeod over any of their number four or five. It's not close, but like you do have to say, like C D Lamb is a damn good player. Is he Brandon Ayuk? No, never was, never will be. Not even close. Like if you ask 32 NFL teams, okay, you can have C D Lamb or you can have Brandon Ayuk. One team would take C D Lamb. That'd be Jerry Jones's dumbass. The other 31 would take <laughs> Brandon Ayuk. Like, it's not close. The dude is a superstar. But CeeDee Lamb's still really, really good. You look at Brandon Cooks, uh, going Debo over that one. But Michael Gallup is maybe my favorite number three wide receiver in the NFL when healthy. He's playing fairly well. Um, But then the depth after that, it just falls off. I like Turpin, who's their returner. He's really electric. But again, he's just a gadget guy. Um, So, yeah, I'm going. This one's close. And I almost put it in my push category. But you said depth. So I'm giving the wide receivers uh, to 49ers, but it's
1: close. All right, so the depth, and that's the whole purpose of this exercise because I'm telling you there can be a player that will make a play in this game that you didn't have making that play. So pay attention to what we're doing here. All right, so the Niners got their –
2: the. Wow. Are we back?
1: That was weird. We're good. Technical difficult. Well, when I came back, it just said nobody watching, stream ended, whatever. Hey, we're back. Welcome to San Jose's Wi Fi. <laughs> I love it. Uh, <laughs>
0: Can you guys hear us out there? Oh, we're good. We're good. I, I think we're fire right now, man. All
1: right. My bad. It ain't me. Skynet. I like it. Skynet is back, Thomas. Yes. It never left. Here we go. John, where were we at? Shit. Tight ends.
0: Yes. Tight ends. Not close again. 49ers by a mile. Um, This one's it. it now, I will say this. Luke Shoemaker out of Michigan, the rookie. I love that dude. He's awesome, but he's not where he needs to be yet. Uh, Jake Ferguson's good. Uh, Their third guy, Peyton Hendershot, he's injured. I'm not even sure he's going to play. Not close there.
1: I love it. What's up, Pedro? He's going to see us at the tailgate on Sunday.
0: Oh, yeah. Can't
1: wait, baby. I have no idea what happened, but we are back, and that's all that matters. I do like Jake Ferguson. Matter of fact, if you watch the Madden Challenge, Jake Ferguson was going hamburger and cheese on the
0: 49ers. so Sixth highest rated uh, tight end from Pro Football Focus is Ooh, where they have
1: snap. All right, let's go offensive line overall. We're not going to go player by player. Let's just go overall offensive line.
0: This one's probably the biggest advantage by far to the Cowboys. Like yeah. I said, the first time that they're going to have their entire starting five, they've got a Hall of Famer. We've got a Hall of Famer, Zach Martin, Trent Williams, but they've got Tyron Smith, and I think Tyron Smith, Healthy is better than almost anybody else. The 49ers have Aaron Banks, would be our number two, but now that the Cowboys got this one, and I don't think it's close.
1: All right, pocket of cheesecake says little two playing yet.
0: Will not play this year, not allowed to,
1: not allowed to play. He was put on the IR, but he's an Indian IR, yeah, before the active rosters were made. All right, uh, let's go to the flip it to the defensive side, John, so we can get out of here and we can avoid all these Skynet things that are happening. Um, (laughs) let's go with the defensive. You want to go edge? Let's go edge and then
0: interior. I broke them up because it's probably two of the biggest differences in the way they built. Defensive ends, the 49ers have, I'm sorry, the Cowboys have the best defensive end depth in the entire NFL. Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, Dorrance Armstrong, Sam Williams, Dante Fowler Jr. They are five deep, and all of them are really, really effective. I mean, it's not close. Now, I would take Nick Bosa over any of them. But, like, again, pro football focus, they have three guys in the top 10 out of 112 edge players in the NFL. You've got DeMarcus Lawrence is two, Parsons is four, Dorrance Armstrong's ninth. They have so much depth there. And then you look at the defensive tackles, that's back to the 49ers. They have so much talent at the defensive tackle thing. And so the the amount of depth that the Cowboys have at edge, the amount of depth that the 49ers have at defensive tackle, they just offset. I couldn't even pick. Probably would go Dallas. Probably would go Dallas. I don't know. Overall D-line, but DTs, 49ers, DEs, that goes to uh, the Cowboys.
1: All right. Let's go to the uh, linebackers.
0: Linebackers, not even worth mentioning these players in the midst of Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw, and you could go on past that. Orrin Burks would be the best linebacker on the Dallas Cowboys team. Um, not even close. One not of the biggest close. advantages.
1: All right, here we go. Let's go to the corner backs.
0: I called this a push, and that's without digs. If digs was playing, I'd probably give it to him. I'm not the biggest believer in the 49ers corners personally. The depth of them, I think you got three. I think you got three. Outside of that, I don't like it. I don't want Ambry Thomas playing at all. And special yeah, teams, time. I love Ambry Thomas. Right, right. It's it's time, though. It's time. If you could just tell me that Ambry Thomas won't bite on a double move, I can't. Then can't. I would be. Let's keep him out there. I don't have a problem with him because I think he plays really well everywhere else. It's just up here he has to take the bacon every damn time, and it's he's put it on film time after time after time in the worst possible situations, yeah. and so that's where it gets difficult. Stephen Gilmore, Jordan Lewis, Deron Bland, Noah Yanahe, who they traded for, mm, yeah, it's. It's close. It's close. It's I,
1: interesting because I, I feel like I, I, I would give their corners the edge.
0: I'm fine with that. I have, whichever it's, it's, way you want to go. It's
1: slight. It's slight. But it's it's the edge. It's, it's it's an edge. I like Deron Bland. I like the way he's playing. Uh, big time interception type of a cornerback, right? Don't miss your read. Don't miss your throw. Don't make it too high. Don't make it too wide. He will try to jump the route. He's a route jumping type of cornerback. Plays very disciplined. <laughs> Listen, I got to a big argument. So I try not to lose my cool, but I don't like it when people tell me stuff that don't make sense. Right? So this young gentleman on the Cowboys, uh, Boss Cowboys show had this play of, because I said that no one can cover Brandon Ayuk and you don't even have, not even Diggs could do it. He didn't want to mention Diggs because Diggs won't be playing. So I get it. That was, that kind of hurt his feelings, but he wanted to only focus on the players that were going to play. So, he had pulled up an all-22 player of Deron Bland, the only one play he pulled up to, by the way, in the in the Dallas Cowboys in that divisional round, where he wanted to point out Deron Bland's closing speed. John, I could tell you getting bored of this. I'm going to try no. to speed it up. No. He, he wanted to point out his closing speed. So he did. And so when I – you know, we all watch film. We all see it a little bit differently, and I, I try to see it for what it is. I – I'm not as of a football mind as you or Johnny Dell or those guys that watch football film, right? I just give it to you 100% real the way I see it, and then you could good luck trying to break it down for me, right? So I said, well, what I saw was an underthrow from Brock Purdy. Not trying to throw Purdy under the bus, but that's what it was. And Brandon Ayuk had to slow up and put one hand on the ball to defend it from being intercepted, opposed to your guy getting closing speed. That was what what, what really happened. I don't know if you remember that play, but, man, Brandon Ayuk had him beat by three steps. And if the ball was thrown in front of him, Brandon Ayuk had four to five yards of space into the end zone. He would have walked that on. My point is, at the end of that argument, after I yelled, he figured it out. Like, he was like, you know what? You're right. He's, he's He slowed up a little bit. So that's yeah. not closing speed. But my whole point is I, I like their secondary. They're a bunch of young guys. And they're going to come out. They're physical and they're fast. They're going to come out. Uh, So I give them the edge. Let's go to the safeties, though.
0: Yeah, safeties, I'm going 49ers. I, yeah. I like Malik Hooker a lot. I really, really do. But I think what Talanoa put on tape this year is pretty damn good. It Has it been perfect? No. um, But that dude is just playing at a whole nother level. What's up, Paul? Hope the man, the Paul man in the building. The man. Excited for uh the Bucks game, my friend. He's coming out. He's gonna so be yeah, going the legend.
1: Yes, from the pond across from the pond. I love it. So yeah, I'm with you, man. The safeties are are a one a two top safeties possibly in the league they're playing at a high level they're allowing what the lowest passing rate like they're playing very good football they're playing good up in the box um i don't know what more you can say about the safeties of the 49ers and then if you factored in the depth which you don't have to because the top ends the starters are that much better you know there's you don't even need the depth so i guess my question john is what area Will the 49ers depth play a role in this particular game?
0: Yeah. It, you know, if I had to say anything, I, I think it's going to be linebackers and defensive tackles right up the middle. And, and I think that that's where the difference is going to be. Whenever you have guys like Oren Burks out there, you're rotating in guys like Givens, you're rotating in guys like Kinlaw. That's going to be the difference. The 49ers, both these teams want to run the ball. They both want to run the ball. You can, you can run the ball straight at the defensive ends with their starters in against the Cowboys, and that's not an issue. Look at what Arizona did. Dallas has been really good at stopping the run relatively well. but I'm sorry. Dallas has been good at establishing the run relatively well. We're going to see. Um, running against this 49ers defense is a whole other thing. So you stop them running the ball and make them one-dimensional, make Dak throw the ball 30-plus times, you're getting a turnover, Period. That's all there is to it. So uh, those right up the middle of that defensive front for the 49ers, those linebackers, the defensive tackles, that's going to be huge.
1: I love it, John. Let's close out the show with a couple of questions that I was able to see while I was sitting there, you know, you doing your your good (laughs) soliloquies and things like that. Got a couple of them starred. Uh, My man, bro, Montana says, how come kiddo hasn't gotten any catches? He's been wide
0: open. Yeah, he has been, um, well, a lot of that, too, was the buzz kind of concepts that the safeties were playing against, where you get your pre-snapped read. You have a safety over the top of Kittle. They snap, and that safety shoots down to the middle of the field, the hook-to-curl zone or the crosser zone, which would leave Kittle wide open. But the thing that made Brock Purdy so damn good is his quick reads and just getting the ball out quickly. You hold on to the ball, that would have been open. Um, there's going to be a time for Kittle. Maybe it is this game. I don't know. But it's CMC. It's Ayuk that's going to be the playbook until somebody takes that away. And I think it should be the playbook. And I'm a guy that has Kittle and fantasy in all my damn leagues.
1: Interesting. Love that question. Let's get to the next one. I do have a question for you, but I'll save it for the end. Nigel, when does Womack come back
0: next week is whenever he is eligible. I believe Um, one more week, then he would be eligible to return. We need him back because the special teams has been a mess, but, but Ronnie Bell has been awesome. And, you know, with the cat, we got Sheffield last week was incredible too. He had a nice so, uh he kept him out of the end zone. Did you know yes that? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. I oh, like Sheffield. Okay,
1: man. three five. Straight up took Pat's uh not Pat willing. Trace Willin's number yeah. just like that. Went right in, broke that play up, kept him out of the end zone
0: because they played were right well, there. man. He was the second highest defensive player graded for PFF last week. I know. The Niners may have something. They may have something. Steve
1: Wilkes may have something. So, John, I was sitting here thinking, right, the Cowboys are going to try to take away Christian McCaffrey. That's number one. Number two, they're going to try to take away Brandon Ayuk. I I, I would think they're going to try. Then you still have Debo. You still have Kittle. I saw, I don't know if you saw, but if I saw it, I know you saw it. I saw Kyle Juszczyk run a corner route last week. So I'm saying to myself, if they put a linebacker on Kyle Juszczyk, he might be a big time factor in the pass game for just a couple of plays that will be explosive plays, though. Won't be little mini, mini dinky dinky joints. You just watched Brock Purdy attempt four deep passes down the field and was was successful on all four. Like, how does Dallas really going to stop the 49ers offense and we're going to end the show there.
0: You got to hit the quarterback early. And so if they can get pressure with 4 and Parsons has a career day or Dak uh you know uh, Tank Lawrence has a good day, that's it. If they don't do that, it's going to be a freaking rocky to slugfest you know, just freaking knocking each other out. But if they get to Dak early and they get three to four sacks in the first half, they got a chance. Because if this game is even turnover-wise, Cowboys lose. And I hate to tell you this, it's not going to be even turnover-wise. Cowboys got to win the turnover battle. Can't be even. They're not as good as the 49ers. They're not as well coached as the 49ers. They don't have the talent that the 49ers have. So that's about it. You need strip sacks. You need to hit Dak or hit. Purdy while he's throwing and try to force an interception, which he hasn't done yet this year. That's it. They don't do that. It's that damn simple. The 49ers will establish the run and they will not be in this game. They will not be able to win this game. You got to get turnovers. Got to hit the quarterback. If you're the Cowboys.
1: Boom, boom, bam. And Chrissy Marie ends the show with a super chat contribution. Thank you so much. We appreciate what you do and your contributions here to keep this channel growing, sending love. Let's get this win. Niners, 5-0 oh, coming up. Great show as always. Hashtag BB, hashtag CC, 31-21 Niners. She got that 10-point spread yep. like in, in that Dallas Cowboys uh, simulation that we had. John, we can't leave the show without your famous score prediction. So, are you ready?
0: Yeah, I'm going to go, man, I'm going to go 27-13. Uh huh what yeah yeah i think i think it's going to be a little close early a little rough early um but i think the 49ers are just going to establish what they do so 27 13 that's where i want to go with it um i but i could see this being like a i don't know a 20 to 13 game at the half and then it's just defense locks up That that's what i could see so um it's going to be rough early these two good teams Look at Paul Hope. I love it. Look at this.
1: Here's the thing: I'm going Niners 31. I'm going the Cowboys 17. 31 17. The Niners contend the 30 party streak. It will continue. The win 30 30 party. The wins will continue. Christian McCaffrey streak will continue with the touchdown in the game. There's so many things I feel like is gonna continue. I don't think that the Niners will put up 40, but if I'm wrong. I will eat 40 burgers on the next episode.
0: It's <laughs> a lot of burgers, That's man. a lot of burgers.
1: <laughs> no buns. No buns. Just the meat. Pause. Pause. Wow. <laughs> John, take us home, baby. Hurry up for they Start saying stuff. Come on.
0: <laughs> you guys are the absolute best. This weekend is the greatest rivalry in sports. This is why we're fans. And regardless of the outcome, even though it's going to be great, Niner's going to be on top. Until that next time, stay strong, faithful.
1: Be sippin' gold bar, whiskey on the rocks. And a 24 karat gold on a watch. My 7-1 Chevy beat tippin' non-stop. Soundin' like Trick Williams on the block. So You know we can't stop. We be bangin' through your speaker. Wayne Breezy on the filter in the bleachers. You can tune into my show, and I'm a teacher. Wayne
2: Breezy, the phone I preacher.